DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Okay, what's up, podcast? We're back this week. I have Onega and Constantino with me, and you guys are actually from Kazakhstan, and you here, you're in product design and development. Um, so, what's up? How are you guys doing today? I mean, we are doing amazing. We just got back from Kazakhstan, yeah. where it was like coldish, cold, so we enjoyed the weather in Louisiana and Shepard. It's sunny, and it feels like spring so yeah it's warming up quick yeah thanks yeah, thanks for inviting us this is yeah. actually our first podcast uh, yeah. like uh we've, we've never done that thing before so it's Don't it's gonna be an interesting me. it's gonna be an interesting experience oh you've done it yes definitely this is my first time this is the first one okay yeah, so it's yours debut well um so you guys are from kazakhstan how old are you guys so I'm 32. Okay. I'm 33. 33, okay. Now, Onego, what did you start, how did you start out, like, um, from a younger age into where you are you are now, and, and how, you, how did you meet this gentleman here? So, I love this question. So, as you mentioned, I'm from Kazakhstan, right? right. Uh, I went to school there, got my bachelor degree in mechanical engineering at our university in my city, Karaganda. Basically, this is where we met with Constantine, so we are from the same city, from the same school, and back in 2010, our university back home had a deep relationship, good relationships with Louisiana Tech University. Okay. So they had joint visits, uh, staff, dean actually of engineering from Louisiana Tech visited uh, our university and Constantine, when he was doing his master's degree, was sent here as like professional exchange right. right and he was offered an opportunity to come and get his PhD and because we were dating it actually took him quite a while to convince me to come to the States <laughs> <laughs> because it was like it's a cool idea but I right. don't have any English I don't have like anything over there and yeah. have everything back home so this is how we ended up here in the states in Ruston, Louisiana yeah. because of the research and development relationships between our universities okay yeah, what else after that? I went to school, so he was doing his uh, PhD in mechanical engineering or some other nerdy stuff. Uh, I was doing my master's degree in engineering and technology management, which okay. was quite fun. It was quite fun because I was like, you know, as I mentioned, I didn't know any English, so I was in addition that I learned English within six months. I was like <laughs> translating from English to Russian to get what they were trying to teach me and from Russian to English to try to explain what I'm learning. Yeah. yeah, so basically we graduated back in, I graduated in 2013 and joined the industry. So it was quite a journey, fast moving. We, made, we came here in 2010. And in 2013, I was like, let go to a business world. Okay, and you just, you guys have been here since then, full time? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I travel home quite a lot. Right. Uh, our business adventure, I would start, I would say, started in 2016. So when we just graduated from university, uh, I joined a small manufacturing company here in uh, local Right. Shepard, Louisiana. Then I worked for American Petroleum Institute as a lead auditor. So I was traveling all over the world to audit manufacturing processes and okay. make sure that every single type of equipment which hits oil field mm -hmm. uh, comply with requirements, testing requirements, quality control requirements, all that cool stuff. So I was doing that plus private consultancy till 2016 and this is when we made a decision to quit our full-time jobs and dedicate ourselves to our first baby 
our first venture. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have kids, so. Hey, I'm the same way. I don't have one either. My, my business is my baby, so I understand. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a baby. It's something yeah. what we live for, I would say. Yeah, I guess this is my story. And, I mean, I love being a person who has two homes, you know? Yeah. So this is my home. This is where I the states even louisiana and ship but this way i became an adult okay i learned how i learned like adulting one-on-one and kazakhstan is like a childhood okay. when you go there you feel like you're a child you're back in your 18 right with parents and all that stuff and you want to be in both places so sometimes i feel well, that's this, this great that you're you guys are able to be here and there and work back and forth and having yeah. your own business it kind of helps be able to do that too so true 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 i mean it's amazing to have several homes yeah. and feel like home in every single place i think it's also important to have like different um, um cultures so like the influence of different cultures different right. mentalities um that helps you to see the picture in a broader way and um, also like i think like just in general for for people living in different places um helps to get that experience that like you go to europe like everyone is like um trying to save money like trying to be yeah. like environmentally yeah. conscious trying to be like very uh economical yeah like, <laughs> so like you can learn some things there and then you go to the united states everything is big here yes. and like especially like a in, lot of in waste, the south a lot of yeah right you learn some other things so uh, i think in general like i think having like um, experience of living in different countries helps helps quite a bit uh, um to see the world in, in different um colors yeah in different from well, different perspectives so constantine tell me about you since we heard a little bit about her yeah. um how did you get started and before we go into that i wanted to, to ask real quick so kazakhstan what is the economic you know what is the economy like there is it something like for you guys to be able to go into school and to have masters and phds is that something that's common for that culture or is this more is you know how's the economy there right so um, the economy is mainly based on in industrial, like in, uh, it's industrial economy. Yeah, uh, it's based a lot on uh, natural resources like okay. oil, metals, and um, gotcha. pretty much like any type of uh, natural resource can be found there. Uh, and that's that's their main business. I would say they sell the resources or allow companies to come and extract them. Uh, and there is not much like high tech going on, or uh, there is a, a little bit of manufacturing, but it's more like heavy um, type of manufacturing, like uh, producing metal, uh, like um, some raw materials, pretty much. Right. Uh, if you talk about uh, education, basically like the um, the education is free over there if you can meet a certain criteria. Got you. <clears throat> so you need to pass. The, the test so like if you um, get a certain number of like points then you can enter like um, a university like and don't pay for it okay um, same goes with like for bachelor degrees as well as master's degree uh, you can even get a PhD like basically like if you pass the exams and meet the like the test criteria then you can get it for free and that that's how like I got my bachelor's degree I got my master's over there um, I didn't really have to pay for that, and uh, um, so in, in terms of education, that's great. Yeah. Um, of course, there are like trade-offs, like a free education, you you get what you don't pay for. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there are some problems, of course, but um, they create opportunities for people who want to learn something, who want to move somewhere. And um, I'm gonna fill the gap that uh, in, in the Nega story, like um, I, I really never wanted to to study a lot. Uh, after I graduated with my bachelor's, I didn't really want to get my master's or PhD. Okay. Like. So um, and but our university, like they offered like um, 
basically after you graduate you can pass some some exams and then if you do pass them you can get a, a master's well, you can enter the master's program okay so I was like all right I'm just gonna do that just I mean why not like and my parents were kind of pushing like yeah just go like try to pass the test so not many people wanted so the competition wasn't that high and uh, I actually accidentally got into the master's program <laughs> okay. although I didn't really want to do that and uh, while doing that, like, um, there was an opportunity to go to, the, to any university or around the world uh, to get, like, some experience and, like, learn about what that university is working on, like, and share what we've been doing. So, it, it, like, they have this kind of program where it's, um, it's not only, like, you learn something, but you also, like, educate other people about what um, Kazakhstan and, and our particular university yeah. was doing. Um, so I've chosen Louisiana, Louisiana Tech because I knew such several people went there before and they were like good relationships. So it was like a relatively um, smooth process okay. to get here. So that's how I got to Louisiana Tech and, and like learned a lot about um, the culture here as well as the university. And that's when I learned about the opportunity to, to go to, to Tech and get my PhD. And I wasn't, I wasn't really interested in that, but like I was talking to the Dean of Science and he was like, come get your PhD here. I was like, hmm, <laughs> are, are you gonna pay for that? He's yeah. like, yeah, we're even gonna pay you like the, 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 the scholarship. And like, yeah. I was like, okay, then yeah, I'll come. Yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and then they gave me an assistantship uh, and uh, I came and got my PhD. It was an experience, but uh, really like I, I'm, I'm not like a research a research guy. I'm more like an entrepreneurial guy. Mm -hmm. And like back home, like I was I was like helping out my parents to run a business. I really love that thing. What kind of business do they run? They sell um, trucks, like like big trucks, heavy machinery, uh, heavy machinery okay. and okay. as well as um, spare parts for that stuff. Gotcha. They actually worked a little bit together. Yeah. So that's more geared to the, of course, into the industrial with heavy equipment and stuff. Right. And you have a background in that. Yeah. Um, what about your parents? So now, what did they do? So my, I have, I am a lucky one. I have mom who stayed with us all the time. Okay. So we, we just came back and actually he was taking, we need to bring back my mom because she, she <laughs> was spoiled. Yes. spoiled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like spoiled. Home I mean, food every day. Yes, yeah. She had, makes like fresh breakfast, lunch, dinner, like every time, every single day, everything is fresh and yeah. just for you. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, my mom is stay-at-home mom. She grew up and invested all her time in us. And my father, he's in real estate business, plus he has a small hardware shop. So basically, uh, he started like from ground zero and grew up. And right now he invests mainly in real estate okay, in so, Russia and Kazakhstan. So, okay, awesome. So then both of your parents are entrepreneurs, basically right. small business owners. Yes. yes. And um, so that's kind of where you get the mentality, I guess, exactly. which is great. Yeah. Actually, our parents quite opposite. We need to think about that back in 1990s in Russia and Kazakhstan, the economy was very big. Right. And in order to have a good living right and to kind of allow some cool stuff for your family you need to be an entrepreneur yeah because all the teachers lawyers all that they were getting paid like real low so in order to survive and succeed you needed to be in business so pitch from my father throughout the whole my life that never think about starting a business mm -hmm. so he was kind of against he wanted me to have like a successful career and maybe corporate world but like he was like never think about it but I guess my personality when somebody tells me not to do something <laughs> I like will do it <laughs> so and his parents were supportive right yeah 
about yeah. uh, business well, stuff. Well, my dad would always wanted me to be like a, an academic uh, researcher yeah. or something right. like that. That's, that was really his dream. Like, uh, so he kind of like projected that on me. Right. Uh, it was never my thing. And uh, um, but um, yeah, I think they, they, I think it's it feels safer for them. Like if we would be doing like a regular nine to five job, right. Like as regular engineers. Well, they know, yeah, because they they've been through the hard the hardships. Yeah, hardships. And they don't, and, and if they know you have more opportunity, they may not want you to have to possibly go through those things. So it makes True. sense, you know. Yeah. Maybe, the, you know what sometimes I think when you're not into your parents' business, yeah. they kind of feel jealous for you to go and right. start your own. Maybe. That if, makes sense. Yes. If you will join a family business, then yes, go forward. Yeah. Do everything you can. But if you're kind of thinking about launching your own or going somebody else, it's like always some type of, you know, like this feeling of jealousy. Yeah. Why, yeah. why, would, why wouldn't you come and help ours? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Why do you have all this passion <laughs> to go do something else? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, me, let the, me pass it to you. Like, yeah. yeah, I've been building it, this now. You it, can take there, over. There's so much opportunity now versus, like you said, in the 90s and stuff. So it's just, honestly, you know, I've I'm, I'm noticed a lot, and we talk about a lot of real life experiences and stuff. Um, you know, I notice a lot of, you know, parents growing up, and, you know, and it may be the same there, but uh, what you said kind of makes sense to me is, especially here. Parents growing up project their dreams they were never able to do onto their children. Right. And almost even where it goes to being a baseball star or a mm -hmm. football star yeah. or maybe a successful person they weren't able to do. And they almost pressure their children into not wanting to do something True. because they project those, you know, dreams onto them, right. you know, from a young age. Exactly. And I feel like we see that a lot. But now there's so much opportunity to not be influenced by mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. whenever you can, you know, make your own decisions. And whether it's, you know, going from an academic standpoint start there and then so your background's in engineering yeah. and you went to tech and got your phd yeah. and tech of course is a great engineering Absolutely. school most people don't know that but right. that's probably one of our better schools in this state you know yeah. and um just for engineering it's crazy but so you had um you said you work into like the warehouse manufacturing so yes the company name is wellworks yeah. they uh, built a oil right oil and gas yeah yeah so yeah. it's like something that goes on a surface right. to control the pressure and yep. flow i'm very familiar i was in oil and gas for nine years okay so yeah they, this, they so. built a wellhead equipment yeah. and i helped them to get the api 6a licenses back so what is api licenses yeah or monogram it's like a quality control sign yep which you put on your equipment, and if you have that sign, you can deal with big guys. If you don't have it, I'm sorry, the mom-pop mom operators is <laughs> your go-to customers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just funny how both of you have a little bit of different background. You know, you're in industrial, you're in industrial, but you're more in the engineering part, yeah. and that can cross over for you guys, and you do product design and development now. So tell me how your journey got into that and what you're doing with that now for your own business. I think you. Well, uh, <laughs> while I was getting my PhD, uh, at a certain point, I started to feel bored. Okay. Because, like, what I was, like, my day-to-day, Day routine looked like you go to the lab you run a few experiments you get some data and then you go home and then you repeat it and, yeah. and there are not so many there were not some on some quarters like I didn't have any classes like there was just research so I, f I had some free time and I felt bored so I was like mm, and I started to participate in different entrepreneurial activities over mm -hmm. there and then at a certain point I realized that all entrepreneurs face with a problem where okay you have an idea now how do you actually build it yeah and they go to some people to actually build either an app or a hardware product, like um, whatever they're, they're trying to launch. 
Um, and I realized, well, we have like a whole school of engineers, right? Like, so I was like hanging out with entrepreneurial guys, yeah. but we also like, they, they, we are engineering school, essentially yeah. like tech. So why don't they just collaborate with each other and like let engineers build stuff and entrepreneurs can launch it. Um, so that's, that's how like an idea of starting a student organization came to my mind where we would gather students from, with different majors who would work together on actually like building some stuff and who knows, maybe some companies would spin out of, the, out of that. Yeah. Um, and that's what we did and like there was a huge interest. I think at a certain point we had like um, over 40 members uh, with different, different degree, different majors. Um, I was kind of surprised that even people from HR, psychology, were interested mm -hmm. yes. and became really? It's very interesting. So product design and development, it's very broad thing, yeah. right? So it can include marketing and all that stuff. But people from HR and psychology, I guess because they wanted to understand how people behave during the development stage or maybe how consumers react to new products so it was like a huge surprise for me when i saw students from hr there right and also like the organization itself how do you control 40 people how yes. do you Cross make, yes cross-functional sure team management which is kind of yeah. a key thing so but i mean like we, we've done a few projects and uh, we even had some people coming from outside of uh, of the of like uh, the university asking us to build something for them and many of them had like different inventions they and they came up with but right. didn't have a prototype um, so we worked on a few projects like that, and uh, at a certain point, I was like, um, "That could actually be a business. We mm -hmm. can actually be making mo some money on that." Right. Um, and that's where the idea came to my mind. But at that time, I was I still needed to graduate, and um, I still needed to make some money to be able to start the company. Right. So um, I graduated, and like before graduating, I found a job. I was an R and D engineer at uh, at another oil field, okay. or, or another like a manufacturing company in Shreveport yeah. that was that was making some like equipment for oil and gas as well. And um, uh, so while working as an engineer there, um, doing some design and, and analysis of their equipment, um, I was working on the projects on the side, essentially, like and um, helping to helping the student organization to run as well. And, but at that time, they already got a new president, and like he had so much changed. time because I am on the road five days. I was on the road five right. days. Yeah. And I so. was traveling, so I had time <laughs> after work. So I was working on the projects, kind of, and yeah. like building building the the clientele, yeah. and. And I think two years after two, about, about two years, um, I had enough side projects going to actually like support our income, uh, and so that's that's when we decided like yeah like we either continue doing these and um, I'm just gonna be erased from this world because yeah. it just takes so much so much energy and time, or we just go like full blown on on the entrepreneurial side and start a company. And we like we always wanted to start a company, yeah. just kind of like we're waiting for the right moment exactly. to do that. And I'd, I think I would love to add here that the right moment was actually in some way due to Louisiana Tech. So yes. first of all, yes. Louisiana Tech supported quite heavily uh, the idea to start this organization as a student organization. And at the time, we had a, we have a technology to produce mm -hmm. low cost graphite and do a special type of shielding, like it's a coating to prevent someone from stealing your data from right. your phone or anything and in April 2016 Louisiana Tech gave us innovation grant so they gave us some funds uh, for to continue the development of our student organization and that technology in particular and that was our kind of final you know like I believe in science and like 
you you need to see this positive things yeah. happening because everything happens for a reason and I guess that was one of, of the main pushes that yeah. yes in fact we needed for this region uh, Louisiana Tech see the value we can bring to entrepreneurial community here in the state so it was like yes this is the time to do it yeah because I mean we already had a capital and plus this you know like the positive confirmations that yes we are needed here so yeah. Well, that's good because you're, you're able to, um, you know, someone coming in outside, a lot of people look down on that because they may be jealous or whatever it may be or envious, but you're able to bring something in, collaborate, and then you're starting something to help everyone, and then you're also able to work on your side, we call it, I call it yeah. a side hustle, yes. your, what your passion is right. while you're doing your full-time job and grow that enough to where you can let go and just do that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who, people love the term, and I, I use it loosely now because I get so tired of hearing entrepreneur or seeing that in someone's Instagram profile when they're really not doing the work right. because it's a full-time job all day, all night. Yeah. Like you said earlier, like I always say, it's, a, it's my baby, it's your baby. It is a full-time job, and you have to put in the work. And a lot of people want to say they want to do it, or, or they, they're even they're people that really have the ability to do it, but they're scared to take the jump. Mm-hmm. And the really, I think the best advice to do it is to start off small, yes. make you know, make all the relationships, do it as your side hustle mm-hmm. until you're comfortable. Right. I did the same thing. I was in oil and gas for almost ten years, mm-hmm. and we started our marketing company. But I had a year to ease into it yep. and develop the relationships before I was like, okay, I can quit this industry and now do what I love. Right. And I think that just you saying that, I love hearing that because it's like people need to hear that. Yeah. I mean, you can be a decisive person and just like jump straight into yeah, water. Man, it's dangerous. It's hard. Yes. I mean, you may survive. You don't survive. have funding. You yeah. don't have relationships. Exactly. You, don't, you don't know how much work it is. Mm-hmm. You just like the idea. You know, it's scary. And, and so I think that is the best approach. And, you know, being you're from a completely right. different culture yeah. and you have the same standpoint on it makes me feel awesome about it. And, right. you know, it just does. <laughs> I get excited about this stuff. Actually, yeah. uh, last week we went to Houston Tech Radio Week. It's like a series of events and there was a lady from Capital Factory mm-hmm. and she was talking about Angel 101 Investing. So yeah. right now in South Region, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Angel Investing is just getting, just taking off. Yeah. So they're learning about it. And she gave a very interesting stat. In order to raise seed capital, seed capital is to build your minimum viable mm-hmm. product or just to prove your concept. Uh, the data shows that you need to be in business at least 2.9 years, meaning that you need to hustle using your 3F, friends, family, f- and fools. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which could be the same people, right? Which could be the same people, yes. <laughs> yep, and you need to show this 2.9 years as an evidence that you are kind of committed, yeah. that you can yeah, execute. That's a good point, like committed. Yeah. Yes, you need to be committed, and even like when you want to raise money, you still need to show that you are ready to work. Yes, yes, that's interesting you said, because you 10 years ago, you take the same scenario and you would just lay out a business plan in front of investors and say, okay, this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. but you have no evidence of your worth ethic yeah. or your relationships or your hustle. Mm-hmm. And now there's so much opportunity abroad at scale that you have to do your homework. Actually, what interesting she mentioned that 
usually on average to raise the investment, it will take you up to nine months. Yeah. And during those nine months, your investors, your lead investor, including all his network of, of investors, yeah. will kind of test you yeah. how serious you Watch are you. about your idea. Mm-hmm. Watch you, how you behave. Because, I mean, let's be serious. Business succeeds because of people. Exactly. So That is true. I mean, you... People who run the especially business, like, is especially like when you just success. when you just starting, yeah. yeah, it's all about like personal like oh, hassle are. and like yeah, yeah like, and just working your ass off. Yeah, that, I mean that really is it. I because love that part of your story, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you know that I just it all goes back to work ethic for me. Uh-huh. Whether it's being in, driving into your education and then getting yeah. into the business world, you have a master's degree, you have a master's PhD. That takes a lot of work and time. Um, and so that shows your worth of the upfront. But then I'll, I'll, let me tell you this real quick, because I was in oil and gas for quite a, you know, a quarter of my life. I mean, yeah. or a third of my life, excuse me. And we all the time would have engineers come to the field mm-hmm. that had no experience. Right. And we hated them. Yeah, of course. Because we were out there working our ass off. And even when I'm up in, you know, upper management of, you know, service companies, like, uh, you know, companies I work for, like with, I worked with Halliburton, with Weatherford Summit, you know, stuff like that. Um, you would see these engineers come out there to work with the company men and they would yeah. say all these things, but they really didn't know the application. Right. Being that you're in the trenches and you grew up in an industrial environment and country that was all about an industry, yeah. it probably gives you a bit more hands-on focus in the engineering field rather than just some kid from the states that decides to run and get an engineering degree and then come out here with guys and there's no he has no knowledge of any practices you know procedures and then it just screws the whole Ten million job, ten million dollar job. Okay, that, that is true. And what we've noticed, like we've we've hired several engineers over the course of our over like our business. Um, the true engineers are like the engineers that you uh, like really value. Yeah. Are those who are tinkerers also. Okay. Nice to work. They would not only like study stuff, but they would try to apply it. Maybe on a small scale. Maybe just doing some like stuff at home, like I don't know, building robots, like some, yeah. or just fixing their car and stuff like that. They would have their hands on, like to a certain capacity. They they would want to try their skills or like okay. what they've learned. Um, and uh, the, the bad engineers are those who only learn like the theoretical stuff. Yeah. They should really go to academics, possibly. Right. But even there, even there, you still need to basically <coughs> prove that your theory is correct. Uh, and even if you don't do anything, you need to be able to explain to other people how to do it for you. Yeah. Um, well, I think there was some basic. Uh, probably, you know, when it was booming in the you know you know late two thousands, there's probably so much need mm-hmm. that I guess they were just pulling on as many as possible, mm-hmm. and they didn't really have the viable experience needed for application. Yeah. You know, they just had the knowledge and the degree, and um, you see that in any industry. Right. I feel like in, no matter if you no matter what you're educated in, if you don't have some kind of experience in the work right then it's really hard to succeed if you just walk in with you know a degree and no exactly. experience you're right this is you touched I don't think that even nowadays to be successful you need to have a formal degree no I, self, I completely agree self because this formal education puts limits on you yep it puts you in a frame it teaches you how to think mm-hmm. and if you're powerful enough and smart enough and you have this self-drive self-education can put you in a better position. Right. Period. So, I think it's a give and take. Like for right. Constantine, for your situation, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to be here yeah, doing exactly. what you wanted to do had you not pursued academics. Exactly. But for people here who not may necessarily not want to be in the industry, like take my for me for instance, I'm in marketing. Yeah. I have a business degree I acquired while I was in oil, oil and gas full time online. Mm-hmm. It 
literally has helped me none doing business. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't need it. Yeah. I got it to move up in the corporate world yeah. of that structure. Then we decided to do our own thing, and I don't need it. So there's, it just depends on what industry and in the application. But I do agree that now versus you know 50 years ago when it was just grooming someone to either either you were a laborer yeah. or you were you know in, in academics and you worked into the corporate world now right, there's right, right. so much opportunity yeah. you could do either one exactly i yeah. think it, it's blending in. Yeah. Like, it's like the, the borders really like uh, start to disappear or like things things mix together um, so, uh, like, if you like, just to finish the topic on on the formal education, I think uh, like these days, like, I think still formal education is beneficial in terms of that it gives you the structure, and it it, it uh, keep, gives the structure you is important. <laughs> gives you organization. Yes. Uh, but if they could only like make it more intensive, to where you don't need to spend like four years. It, it, I agree. It could be done in two years. I agree. Just just put more. If they're willing to do the hustle, exactly. And Nega learned language in like uh, English language in like six months. That's insane. <laughs> That's she, insane. She was going to a school where she need, she had to. <laughs> she had to. And yeah. the, 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 the like the courses that she went to, like the, the main point of those was like on making that as intensive as possible. Yeah. You don't have time to relax. Seventeen hours per day was an average Not time. Seventeen. I would 17? say about yes. I was at school for nine hours. Uh-huh. Plus they give us a homework for five to six. hours. Hours. Okay. Ooh. So it was like 14, 15 That's yeah. a full time job all day yeah. learning our language. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, well, you, but, it, you yeah. but so let me ask you this. So your parents either set of them are they bilingual? No. So, so how do they feel that you know that well, you my dad is bilingual? If he if he, if he <laughs> takes some 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 drinks, right now, <laughs> he, can, he can talk to any person. Hey, that, I feel like person will understand you. I've seen that. What's, what's, what's crazy? <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So that's 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 great. So how do they feel knowing that you've you know injected yourself into another culture, both of you guys together, and been successful not only that learned a new language and now have a successful business here you think they're you know they're happy about that did they express that to you you know what's their what's their I mean they, I think they'll always worry yeah. to a certain degree like, but they're proud yeah but they're, they're proud yeah. so it's it's a mixture of like of like worrying about us and being proud of us uh, but I think overall um, I think they're, they're happy that we've chosen this way um, because like that was what we wanted yeah and um, they understand. I mean, they like I never said before. They feel a little jealous and maybe it's sad. Like it, uh, they would want us to be closer and yeah. like help them. Yeah. And like in different aspects. But still, you have the opportunity to go back home. You know, sparingly. They're so not, that's nice. They're not selfish. So right. like they do not like really. They didn't limit us to doing certain yeah. things. So okay. Well, that's that's that's, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, I, and I really appreciate that. What that they allow that freedom. Yeah. Well, so. Now, you guys are in Kazakhstan. I have to ask you this because Please. everyone's going to know. Or I want to ask you this. Oh, Borat. Borat. <laughs> <laughs> right. I so, love it, movie. Uh, okay, you love it. It's well, so I heard that he was banned from the country for making that movie. Is that even true? So, it was filmed in Romania. Okay, okay. So it's not even made. It's not even. It's not even. But how does. Okay, well, so how do people in your culture see that movie are they are they offended by it or is it comical no there are two types of people one that is offended the other one that just like it's it's funny yeah Yeah. it was the best PR campaign for Kazakhstan well that's what I'm saying because I've never heard of the country yeah and that it literally puts your country on the map you know for people in this area who didn't know about it I was a little upset though when I saw it saw it in the first time because it wasn't funny 
Right. I, what? Yeah, well, when you watch it in Russian, they, they lose a lot of funny stuff ah, when, they yeah, trans- the, when they translate it. Yeah. So, like, they lose all the accents, yeah. like, all the, like, stereotypical right, phrases, right. and that, like, my wife, and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. like, high, high five. Like, <laughs> uh, when you watch it in English, it's a totally different story. It's, it's hilarious. Right. Um, but I think you also need to have that experience, like, you need to absorb these stereotypes being here. Right. Yeah, and I think it was, you know, it's just interesting. You know, he's an interesting character in himself. Yeah. But um, the movie, I, I went back and watched it, um, you know, a few years back, and I just thought it was funny because it's 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 kind of showing an immigrant into this area yeah. and being it's I know it's supposed to be funny but it's also they run into challenges with not knowing how to express themselves socially with our culture uh-huh. and I think a playing on that is can be centralized and not so offensive yeah you know what I mean and you're right. I mean, for example, for us, it was a little difficult um, to absorb um, the idea of networking. Yeah. Because it, it's different here than it's over okay, there. Okay, well, please tell me that because I was like, that's how we got on the map was networking. That's how I met you guys. You yeah. Know? So, like, back back there, I mean, and now it's changing. It's 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 becoming more like American type of, like, networking. But back home, like, uh, you don't. I mean, it, it. It's not common to uh, come to a, to an event where you don't know anyone okay. and start introducing yourself. Right. Um, you will look annoying. Okay. It's like some guy is just like trying to like. Um, like a pushy salesman, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's it, for me. It was a challenge to um, yeah. to be able to to do that freely and like uh, in general like. Um, it's it's not common to just come to a person and say, hey, like I'm Constantine, I'm doing this business. Uh, what what do you do and things like that? Uh, people are not that open, I would say. Right. Um, it, it works like if you get introduced. Uh, and about the introduction, finish and I'll tell yeah. you. Right. So like for me, that was like a little like of a cultural um, hurdle that I needed to overcome and yeah. become more open um, to new connections, be able to like um, uh, meet people I have never seen before and introduce myself and um, that was a little bit of a challenge. Okay. In the beginning, I was, like, really shy. Like, I would come. Well, yeah, of course, because your culture doesn't... You don't have that. Exactly. I mean, so that seems rude or there's never a position where everyone's showing up to meet each other. Exactly. You know, so that makes sense. Yeah. And talking about the introduction, so right now in Kazakhstan we have growing startup entrepreneurial communities. Okay. So it just started to take it off. And we have the first unicorn company. And the gentleman... A guy who founded that company, the founder, he's like my age type of thing. And I know that our common friends know him. And I'm like, I would love to talk to him. I would love to meet him with my already, I guess, American mindset. Oh my gosh. They went through three almost layers of permission <laughs> <laughs> to give me his phone number and make a formal introduction. That formal introduction was the most weird thing I experienced. So the guy who knows him the closest brought me with him to his office, introduced and was sitting there while we were talking. I'm like, are you like trying to what to do here? Yeah, so so that's extremely formal. That's extremely formal. formal permission asking for permission to introduce me to the founder who is my age and who lived here for a while. I'm like, oh my gosh, where I am. And another thing, uh, here it's, and I love this here in the States, you never talk about money. No. Almost. You don't ask how much you make. Right. 
if you want, you can disclose, but it's not that. Well, it's, it's not in in our community and business. Yeah. Um, it's frowned upon. I think it's a more. Um, it's just yeah. When you you don't say hey, I made this much this yes. year. But when you look at if you're looking at bigger, you know, entrepreneurs who are extremely successful, yeah, they, they disclose they disclose that because they've they've done that. But you know, when you're in the smaller realm of, you know, we're not talking about what we did last yes. year, or we did this year, you know. But back home, it's almost the first question. So okay. I was. Uh, we met with even this trip with our friends who are quite successful as well but almost the first question how much money do you make yeah. and for me it was like so it's, it's always like you caught with pants down yeah it's yeah, like, it's like but uh, it's it, there are good there is a good part about that as well at least a good part that you know at what level you can talk not yeah. only that so, but like you basically like you have nothing to hide yeah. now you can actually like right. talk without like right. hiding anything right. or like having some like vague areas that we are not well, discussed and I get that. And if it's a status quo thing there, whereas, well, yeah, answer me this. Like, if you, you only can talk to these people if you're this successful, is that how it works? Uh, kind of. Not with France, but with, like, yes. But yes. business. Business. With, with, yes, it but is. In the, in the States. There are layers. And that's how it used to be. And I think it's being a, a bit more neutralized and open now to yeah. where somebody wants to give that person who doesn't do make anything a right. chance just because they see opportunity. Where you wouldn't have seen that, you know, years back, because I just think that the potential is just more. We're, we're more open-minded, yeah. and I think, and we always down social media. The social media is not a bad thing. It's just the outlet. The people are going to say or do what they want to do. They're just exactly. doing it using that as the tool. Mm-hmm. But it's the internet connected us at scale. Yeah. So now we have information about your country everyone's country you know everything about everyone so it gives us the ability to grow find a find a hole toward where you fit in like there's no more cookie cutter jobs and positions you have to have this degree to do this job there's millions and millions and millions of opportunities that is true you know so i think that that's kind of how we blend well you know is being able to you guys here now can see that and bring that back there and it seems like they're catching up there Mm -hmm. but going to back to the networking we pretty much established our business upon open networking. I think that's when I met you guys. We yeah. had, we had, I, I just come up with the idea and was talking to our partner. Said, "Hey, why don't we?" We were working with a client who needed a new, younger, more hungry, you know, audience. What now? Audience or like customer? Yeah, audience base. or customer mm-hmm. base. Yeah, and so they needed more people in the door. And I was like, "Well, here's an opportunity to connect us." having a business without we're not trying to sell it because most most of the time you invite all these people and then you want to sell them something yeah yeah. i'm not selling you anything Mm -hmm. i'm bringing an opportunity for everyone to come in and connect even if you're my in parentheses competitor because i don't feel like i have one but like even if you're my in my competition of realm of my you know what i'm doing free for all everyone come in and let's hang out yeah. And just our name being tied to that mm-hmm. and make, giving that opportunity to everyone yeah. doesn't cost anything. Have a good time. You're able to make connections. Maybe you leave with three or four business cards yeah. and you have a new client the next day. Mm-hmm. You would have never had had we not set that connection up. Right. And it's like just giving before you ask. Yes. And it's so, it's, you know, that's the philosophy that we built on now is just we give, 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 and then maybe ask a little bit here and there, but more giving. And it just makes you look a little more, you know, acceptable and taken in, you know, and that that's... That's something that's working great now is networking. And in this market, you know, after a while, if you're in a big area, I mean, a smaller area, once you do it so many times, you've met everyone. Mm-hmm. And you need to go to another market and do the same thing, you know. 
but it, it is cool that we're able to just walk into a room where we don't know anyone and all connect from different walks of life from different countries you know and all doing different types of businesses. And what's crazy that networking is still working, like a physical networking. Yeah. Although we have all these like means to communicate yeah. digitally, we don't even need to leave our home. Yeah. People still want to. to they meet. still want to meet people. It, it is. It is quite interesting to me personally. Like I, I'm like, why can't we just meet online? Yeah. But people are still still prefer to meet in person. They still value a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Emotions. You can read emotions over. Well, the, and then yeah, especially if you have ten filters on top of it, and you really don't yeah. know who you're talking to or what you're it's dealing with. It's like a body language, energy. Well, you know what else it is? Accountability. There's no accountability on that device. Most likely, yes. You know? But it, I think energy, I think. is. Yeah, no, of course. you need to feel the person. Right. Before, I mean, I don't want to do business with even a client, mm-hmm. even with a big contract, if I kind of hate to be in that company. Hey, trust me, so, I know. There's some people that you tell no to. <laughs> yeah, just because, I mean, I do this for kind of pleasure. I mean... You love it. Then I love what I do. Yeah, because of it. my passion. Yeah. But if I hate that person, why would I do business mm-hmm. for him and turn his idea into reality? I mean, yeah. This energy thing is very important. Okay. So working. we're we're close yeah. to. We have a few more minutes, so I want to ask you a few things. What, what with your business now, you're turning ideas into reality. You're helping entrepreneurs basically get their products out or their designs out, no matter what the, you know demographic of right. area business whatever it may be um what's your next step what are you, are you wanting because i feel like most people who are entrepreneurs small business owners always have want to keep doing other things because we started out as one realm and now we're doing all th- kind of things and i'm always yeah. trying to find new reasons to connect people and grow what's your next step uh, so we are getting into manufacturing okay that's one thing the other thing is we are um, launching our line of products as well um, and uh, we also like having we have some spin-offs from from the projects we worked on yeah um, that became pretty much separate companies these days so uh, we are like investing our time so and money into into some like projects that awesome projects that became businesses right you're able to you saw an opportunity there were able yes. to jump behind it and now right. you can that, that's another beautiful thing about d- being able to make your own decisions. Yep. If you need to make a, you know, a quick move real quick to the left to do something and come back, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Plus, we are going to other markets. So we are expanding geography. Like we have an office right now in Baton Rouge. Okay. And we are working on getting an office set up in Austin, Texas. Austin's so, a great area to be in your yeah, industry right I now. I love it. Yeah, so I guess that's it. And, I mean, just continue. We continue to experiment. Yeah, we, 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 I, I, I really like trying things out, and even if they don't work, just having, getting that experience um, from from like we launched some 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 different sites and like some uh, like we even tried the podcast. Like it wasn't really a podcast, but more right. like a newsflash yeah. type of thing. We launched on Alexa and uh, some other like uh, podcast things. Ran ran that for I think like two or three months. So mm-hmm. like. Uh, realize how difficult it is to oh actually like to promote um, uh, a podcast it or is. or like uh, that kind of like even show like we we had it to where like we were like updating people with like technology news yeah um, but for that we have our tech to market events yes we also so like do tech to market uh, yeah go talk, yeah, talk so about that it's a I, I would say the only event in the whole states in the entire United States uh, dedicated exclusively for commercializing new technologies and new products. So we had quite a few successful events here before because this is a gap 
you can build an idea, you can get the idea, but how you bring it to the market, yep. what are the outlets, how you can get yep. funds for that, so, and it, it's here in Shreveport, and you know what I have noticed, that for people out of state, will it be Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, the fact that such type of event, something unique, unusual, and needed, mm -hmm. takes place in Shreveport, makes it more interesting. Yeah. So yeah. people love to come here. It's like just a, a tech event in Austin. Okay, not a big deal. Yeah, but because there's so many. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A, tech, a tech event in Shreveport. What is it about? Yeah. Why, yeah. why is it in Shreveport? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to come and check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. it's, it's kind of cool to be able to grow and, as you're right, make a decision on a flight. Yeah. What do you want to do next? Well, now I have something for you guys, and I looked up. So, and I want I want you to answer this because I mean <laughs> the power of Google here because I have no idea. So I looked up, and I did not get this, but I just want to ask. I looked up for you uh, for men what men enjoy drinking in Kazakhstan, and of course, being you know Russian, it would be vodka is uh -huh. what it said. Am, yeah. I, am I right there? Mm -hmm. And then they said for ladies, it would be cognac. Is that true or not true? Or um, what is the female preferred drink? Is it still vodka? Uh, Oh my gosh, no. Okay. Yes, for some. Okay. Uh, mainly females drink wine. Okay. Uh, cognac, some like vodka, whiskey. So it's more like here, you know, like. Okay. I don't say that there is like a stereotypical drink every female drinks. Yeah. Like, well, I've noticed like cognac was uh, was popular amongst men as well, but this okay. time we've been we've been there and look, we met with several friends and had a few drinks. It's not popular anymore. Okay. Uh, uh, people still drink drink vodka and yeah. uh, I mean beer, of course, and, yeah. and uh, um, what else? Oh, and rum is like an, rum? An, another another trend. Okay. So well, I got you guys something because I like to get my guests. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. But I didn't get vodka because I didn't want to be stereotypical. Yeah. I got you this wine, and I've seen you guys drink wine at events, yeah. so I, I was hoping you would enjoy oh this. Gosh. So this is a red blend, and I, I've got a few guests this brand before. Mm -hmm. It's you know it's um it's called. Slow down wines, uh -huh. and I want you guys to know this guy was an entrepreneur, and he started this company in his college dorm room, making wine in his bathtub. Nice, in his bathtub. Yes, in his dorm wow. room. Okay, and he grew it into a successful company, and nice. this is stand out because, of course, the name of the it's a red blend. You guys stand out in the community. Thank and you. I wanted to give you Thank something you. that you know that kind of you know went along with that, but also know that it was it's it's a small business, mm -hmm. but it's a great wine. I've heard a lot of good feedback on. It. I have not had it yet. I'm not a wine guy more a whiskey and uh -huh. tequila guy but um yeah so i just want to get you guys you. something thank yeah. you so Thanks. much yeah. it's so unexpected thank you for having us yeah of course there's a conversation well real quick before we end is there anything any advice that you may want to give to any of my listeners and keep in mind that honestly i have every type of listener on here it's not just yeah. business people it's anything yeah. and being that you know you guys are from another culture you've dealt with diversity hard work you know what would be your advice to give back to anybody in that's listening in the midst of my in the middle of my preparation for iron man i would say that anything is possible yeah business is a marathon it's not a sprint how much efforts you put into it that much results you will get so just stay stick with what you want be consistent uh, give back to people who gave you first or give it first to them yeah. so they will come back to you but anything is possible dream up and put efforts and you will get it period I mean, I like the sound Nothing of that. Is I, I would just say, like, don't be afraid to experiment with stuff. Yeah. Like, try things out. Like, uh, if you have an idea, just give it a try. Get to a certain point. Like, you'll learn a lot, even if you fail. Like, it's, it's. I mean, you'll you'll use that experience later at a certain point anyway. 
I agree. I love I love the um, the defeat to then discover the win because the win is actually way more appreciated than yeah. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, anyways. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on, and everyone, please subscribe to the podcast.